Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. What's up? My name is Britton. Um, I live in northern Michigan, um, but I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And an argument that often happens um, with the state of Oklahoma, and I get it, right, is nobody really wants to claim that it's a part of its region, right? The Midwest is like, no, they're not ours. The South is like, ah, really, we don't know why they're here either. But I have an argument to say why Oklahoma can be a part of the South and that we can get into whatever we're talking about. Whenever you walk into a place and you say, I'll take some chicken, it's going to come fried. And if you order a tea, it's already sweet. So I think we're a part of the South, but I don't know. Man, South Carolina, I hope you get more excited about Jesus and you do sweet tea, but that's going to be tough, right? No, my name is Britton. I'm excited uh, to be here to hang out with you guys. Um, it can't be easy um, being a college student nowadays. Um, I'm not far removed from it, but I understand the things that you guys are going through. I understand the things that maybe you carried into this room today, the things that maybe you carried onto campus this fall. And I just want to ask you one thing. Leave it out there. Because we serve a king that is bigger than it. We serve a God that has handled it. Right? Victory is secure. Jesus is seated on the throne. And those burdens have no control over you. That sin in your life is not your master. And I would challenge you today, what does it look like for you to walk out of here a free person? What does it look like for you to walk onto your campus in the freedom that Christ has secured for you? What does it look like for you to walk into your community in the freedom that Christ has secured for you? What would that look like for you? Because I think so often we get stuck and we, we start to believe this lie that sh of shame and, and you're just, that's who you are and you'll never make it out. And we put on these masks and we start to uh, kind of assimilate to this false identity of, well, I have to act like I have it together for the sake of fitting in in this room. And I just want to challenge you today, will you please just be real with yourself? If anything else, I don't need you to be real with me. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But be real with yourself. Be real with Jesus. Because whatever you're carrying, I promise, it's not big enough to hinder a relationship with Christ. Right? The cross was real. His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven was enough. You don't need any more grace. You just need to receive it. And so I don't know who that was for today. But I, but I believe that somebody in here needed to hear that. Let's pray real quick and let's get after it. Lord, we praise you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in James chapter 1 as you're turning there. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I had graduated high school and I was headed off to play college football. And we went that summer early to go lift weights and different things. And I remember coaches like, hey, we got a spot for you to live off campus with some of the upperclassmen. Um, so you're going to stay there. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds good. And so I'm driving in my truck to Hayes, Kansas. If you don't know where it is, don't worry about it. That's why. Right. But I'm headed to Hayes, Kansas, going to go play some D2 football. And I show up at this house and, and coach is like, hey, it's on the corner of 8th and Main. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm driving down 8th. Street, Main Street's coming up, and he's like, you're going to turn left, the guys are outside waiting. It's like, all right, cool. And so I, I, I turn on my turn signal, I turn left, and I look over to the left, and I see two of the largest individuals I've ever seen in my whole entire life. All right, I'm from Oklahoma, we play real football, all right, Boomer Sooner, calm down, Spencer Rattler ain't it, I understand, all right, calm down. But I've seen some big boys, 
And I look over, and these are real men. These aren't boys. They are not boys anymore, right? And I look over, these are some dudes. One of them is 6'5", 330 pounds. Got, the other one is six foot, 370 pounds, both defensive linemen. And coach is like, yeah, you're going to stay there with Mossy and G. Mossy and G were from San Diego. I called coach. I said, hey, coach, I, don't, I think I'm going to go home because uh, I think they might eat me for dinner. And no, I didn't. I, I went inside. Mossy and G, two of the nicest dudes ever. They unpacked my truck for me. We sit down for dinner. And then I did what we all feel the need to do sometimes. And that was justify my existence in this room. I need to prove to them that I belong at this table. You ever been there? And so we sit down at this table, and, and they didn't even ask. And I'm like, yeah, I was all state, and I had these all, and all. And I just started naming all of my achievements, right? As, as if that was going to make me safe. I remember like 10 minutes into this meal, and G finally just looks up from his plate and looks at me straight across the table. First thing he said to me at this dinner, he said, Bishop, you can talk about it all you want. We'll find out day one of camp. Okay, Lord, help me. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even a believer yet, but Jesus' name, I mean, I was up praising. So the summer goes by, we're lifting weights, doing all the things. Day one of camp rolls around, and we get out there, and we're, we go through practice. We do all the things. I'm a redshirt freshman, so I'm kind of going against guys my age, my size. G is a grown man. He knows what a water bill looks like. You know what I'm saying, right? And we're doing this whole thing, and, and we get to offensive line, defensive line, one-on-ones. This is an important part of practice. And so the starters go. The second string goes, the third string goes, we take four water breaks, and then they're like, hey, uh, is there any freshmen? Freshmen, you guys are up. And so we get out there, I play right tackle, and I, and I go, to, and, and across from me is this guy named Wyatt Parker. He's like 195 pounds soaking wet walk-on. I'm like, hey, this one's mine right here, baby, right? And I just hear from the back, hey, coach, I got Bishop. And I'm down, I look up, grown man G comes walking up. Lines up across from me. It's a true story. I still got the tape. So I get down in my stance. I'm like, Lord, help me. I don't even know if you're there, but all right. Well, I wasn't a Christian yet. Calm down, CIU. So I get down in my stance, right? I get down in my stance. We go on one. I'm like, man, we should have went on two. We could have got him. Uh, but we go on one. I get one kick step. G pulls the dirtiest move in all of football, and he head slaps me. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Right here it is. I'm asleep. Dude knocks me out cold on the football field. I woke up in the training room, no lie, helmet on, face mask, not attached. You guys have seen the memes. And I'm literally laying there. <laughs> True story. I still struggle flying because of this day, right? This is the thorn in my flesh was G knocking me out. But I wake up, and I'm like, what happened? And they're like, G. I was like, okay, I got it. Yeah, I know what happened. <laughs> right. Moral of the story, you can talk about it all you want, but sooner or later you got to be about it. You can talk about it all you want. You can know all you want. I knew what I needed to do that day, right? Kick, kick, hold hands, make him throw, throw my hand. I know what I'm supposed to do. You can know and you can think and talk all you want. Sooner or later, you have to do something about it. But that's not just my idea. It seems good that it's in the Bible. James chapter 1, verse 22. Verse 22, hopefully you're there, you guys go to a Christian school. Here we go. But be doers of the word, and not only hearers, deceiving 
yourselves. Circle underline that bad boy. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, they are like one that is looking at their own face in a mirror. For they look at themselves and go away and immediately forget what kind of person they were. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works. This person would be blessed in their doing. You know, I think we could sum that up with a quote from a guy that maybe isn't doing the best right now, but I think he said it well. Marshawn Lynch, I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action. I don't know if you guys remember that interview, but Marshawn was getting interviewed at the Super Bowl, and he finally came off, and they said, hey, why don't you like talking? He said, I'm just about that action. Can I be honest with you, CIU? There's a world dying for Christians just to be about action. There's a world dying for people to quit just knowing it and start doing it. There's a world ready to grab onto any movement they possibly can, and we're keeping it a secret. We're keeping it a secret. I would ask you, has Jesus changed your life? You don't have to answer it out loud, or you can, whatever, cool. Has Jesus changed your life? Has there been a moment in your life where you know that you know that you know that Jesus in his spirit showed up and showed off? It is undeniable that Jesus was a part of that part of my life. Do you have that story? Is there something that comes to mind? Why aren't we telling people? If he's good enough to do it for a bum from Tulsa, Oklahoma, I promise he's good enough to do it for everybody else. But for some reason, we allow shame, we allow lies, we allow convenience, we allow discomfort to keep us from sharing the truth of the gospel from our own lives. It's not just like this idea that we heard or we thought about at school, but I, but I would go to believe that a lot of us have experienced that in our life. And maybe you haven't, and I'm here to tell you Jesus is good. The songs we sang today are true, and he wants to change your life too. Right? And it's simple. Lord, I surrender to you. Boom. Jesus is just as real for you as he's ever been for anybody else in this room. But if that's true for you, if you've given Jesus everything, he can't be your best kept secret. He can't be. The world needs to know about your life. They need to know what Jesus is doing. We need to be known by our action. You see, because I think that the issue we fall into is we know it. We know. We know. Right? We know. I've read, I've read the book. I know. No, guys, like, listen, like, I know. I've read it. I get it. I know. No, seriously, bro. Like, I've been there. Like, I know. I know. But do you do it? And I think the ultimate question we could ask is do you value Scripture? Do you value God's Word? Do you? Because it's more than just knowing. It is an absolute truth. It is without error. Listen, this is something that we need to hear in the world we live in today, right? I'm a part of your generation. Truth is truth, and truth does not change. There is only one standard by which we build our life, we live our life, and we surrender to. And it's the truth of Scripture. It is the God of the Bible. It is inspired by His Spirit. This is the manual for what life looks like. Amen. There is a, but one design. It is not changing. There is nothing new. 
They've been trying to get rid of it for 2,022 years. Still here, still preaching. It ain't going anywhere. And so the question is, when will we surrender to the God of the Bible? When will we allow these pages to become the life in our lungs, to become the outflow of our hearts? And what that boils down to is do we value Scripture? Is it a textbook for you? Is it a checklist for you? Is it, a, is it the last second, right? Hail Mary. That was a lack of a better term. You can't really say that in church environments. I don't know, it's weird, right? <laughs> Calm down, you guys, okay? What is Scripture for you? Is it a, oh, crap, I forgot? Is it a, I'll get to it tomorrow? Or is it the very air that you breathe? Do you value Scripture? There's two answers to that question. One is yes. And if you value Scripture, you obey it wholeheartedly. All of it, not some of it. With everything that you do, if you value Scripture, you obey it wholeheartedly. And if the answer is no, well then what are you doing? Don't fake it. Can I just be real with you? Can I? If you struggle with, with this thing of Scripture, if you're like, man, well, I don't know what this is, like, right? Well, don't fake it, right? Doubt is okay. I love the way Charles Spurgeon says to doubt. It's like a poised foot, but doubt in the direction of God. Doubt in the direction of God. But I'm going to tell you that if you're trying to live this Christian life, if you're trying to be a laborer, which we'll get to here in a minute, but if you're, if you're really, if you want to see his kingdom come and his will be done in your life, it's going to be built on scripture being the guide. Because this is the only truth. Do you value scripture? Verse 22 pretty much says it, guys. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. You see that last little phrase there? You're not tricking me. You're not tricking your friend groups. You're not tricking your professors. You're not deceiving any of us. You're deceiving yourself. Because whenever we spend time in God's word, but we don't apply it to our everyday life, we're doing nothing but building the lie. And sooner or later, when life happens, we'll see the fruits of that. We'll see the fruits of that, but be doers of the word and not only hearers. I don't know who that's for. I don't, but if you love Jesus, you do what he says. A good friend of mine said, real Christianity says yes to Jesus every time. Real Christianity says yes to Jesus every time. If you want to know what that yes looks like, you have to spend time in his word. If you want to make a difference out there, it starts right here. If you want to know what life looks like in the mess, you have to look to the messenger. You have to. You have to. This cannot be your get out of hell free card. This isn't just like this little convenient thing that I go to or I show up to the Bible study, right? This has to be like food. You eat it. You ingest it. I love the way it says it in 1 John. It says, Whoever says I know him but doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. 
Are you guys catching what I'm saying here? Right? I just want to be honest with you today. I want to be real with you. This isn't some crazy, intellectual, thoughtful thing. This is cut and dry, black and white, plain and simple, right? This is a burger with cheese and ketchup only, okay? That's what it is. If you say you know and love Jesus, you will obey him. That's it. How much time do we spend wasting on so many other things? How much time do we spend splitting hairs and and doing all the stuff when Jesus is saying, listen, if you know me, if you love me, you will apply it. Just do what I did. Love people. Serve people. Go last. If you know me, you will obey my word. I love... The greatest sermon ever preached, I don't care who you are or what you think, is found in Matthew 5 through 7. We're going to go there. Verse 24, Jesus is talking. He says, Therefore, everyone, oh man, hope, check this out, it's there again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, It will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded on that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Jesus is saying, listen, if you hear these words of mine and you apply them, there's a key piece there, right? If you hear these words of mine and you do it, you're building your house on a rock. But if you hear these words of mine, right, and you don't apply them, I read my Bible. Oh, my bad. Is this kinetic sand? That's cool. It's magnet, right? (laughs) If I hear these words, I I spend time in Scripture, or I go to the Bible study, or I check my boxes, but then when nobody else is around, I'm still doing what I used to do. I'm still gossiping. I'm still actively living in sin, whatever that might be. It's like the one who built their house on the sand. Because here's the thing, guys, you're only deceiving yourself because you still think you're building a house. Do you see that? When you're spending time faking it, we start to believe the lie. Oh, I'm good. But then adversity comes. Hard times come. Sin enters. And as these things begin to happen, and hard times begin to happen, the storm comes, it crashes, it goes around, and then we're left, and we're standing in the shambles. We've all been there. We're laying in our dorm room late at night. We're back home on Christmas break. We're spending time in our car. We can't even imagine what it would be like to get out of the car today. And we're like, where did everything go? What am I left with? And it's because we've been building our lives on a lie. 
But Jesus is saying, listen, if you'll hear these words of mine and you'll, you'll do them, you'll apply them, if you'll take the time that you spend in Scripture, if you'll take the time you spend in prayer listening to God and His Word, and you begin to build your life on that, when depression comes, when anxiety comes, when the sin in your life, whenever you're back in that secret place, whenever you're, whenever you're there and everybody else is gossiping but you're keeping it quiet, when you're in the locker room and they're talking about that girl or that boy and all this stuff is going on and you're left with decisions to make and you don't know what's going to be left of your life because of what you have been through but you have been applying God's word to the everyday spaces and places in which you exist you are left still standing on the rock of Jesus Christ do you see it it's simple it's easy it's day one that's fundamentals spend time in God's word and you apply it you get around God's people and you live on mission together. You live on mission together. And when hard times come, when the world tries to get rid of us, when the lies of the world meet the truth of Scripture, there will but be one only thing still standing. What will you build your house on? What are you building your life on? Because if you've been there, I've been there. I've been in the car late at night. Wondering, is this really it? I've been at the bottom when I should have been building my life on the rock. I've been there. And if you're there today and you're like, man, it's not too late. It's not to say, Jesus, I, I want to give everything to you. I've been living a lie. What does it look like for me today to just go and apply your word? Maybe for some of us, that's living and forgiving somebody or asking for forgiveness. Maybe for some of us, that's confessing sin to a brother or to a sister. Maybe for some of us, it's that next yes. It's the next yes. My prayer for you all as a student body would just be, Lord, what's our next yes? What's our next yes? And when we keep saying yes to Jesus, when we keep plugging into Jesus and then going out into the everyday spaces and places in which we exist, no matter what comes our way, we will be left standing on the rock. Right? A part of knowing Him is doing what He says. And you see how we found our way here? Now we're making Him known. But I, but I need to say this to you because this was a problem for me. Guys, the answer isn't try harder. That's not the answer. It's not try harder. It's not hold on tighter. It's let go. You want to know what it looks like to actively follow Jesus every single day? Write this down. Two steps. Deny yourself and reset back to God's will daily. That's it. How do I follow Jesus today? I deny myself and I get in his word to see what he has to do for me today. I spend time in prayer. I spend time on my face. Jesus, where do you have me today? What's my next yes? That's practical right there. That's how we follow Jesus. Let's just be real. Let's be honest. That's what the world is dying for. It's Christians to stop thinking about it, to start to stop thinking of new programs or new ideas, and just to go and do what Jesus said. Deny yourself Say yes to Jesus every single day. Not at the beginning of the school year when it felt like a good idea when you were driving back from mom and dad's house. You know what? This year's the year. I'm plugging in. 
I'm going to follow Jesus. Two weeks in, ah, oh, crap. Well, maybe next semester. You been there? Right? It's like starting a diet. I did 14 days. I lost 14 days. That was it, right? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe tomorrow. No, you can start right now saying yes to Jesus. But it starts with saying no to yourself. Deny yourself. Reset back to his will. But I, I think we need to know, right? Because I think a lot of us spend time, we kind of get like this decision anxiety. What am I supposed to do? What is my yes? You ever been there, right? What, what am I supposed to say yes to? I don't even know. And, we, we, and as Christians, we spend all our time in our prayer closet and we don't actually go do anything because we're waiting on God to be like, hey, just, I said it here. You just need to read it and go do it, right? It's clear. It's simple. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. I love this. This is it. If you're wondering today, what's my next yes? Found it for you. Here we go. Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, this is your A, this is your yes today. Circle, underline, highlight. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. What's my next yes to Jesus? Harvest. Labor. He's saying, listen, guys, the harvest is plentiful. Right? Normal 2022 language. There are a lot of people who don't know Jesus. A lot. And they're dying to grab on to anything that allows them to feel like they belong, like they have purpose, like they are making a difference in the world. Do you guys see that in your generation? Do you see that? That fires me up. It can make us mad that all these movements are starting, but think about what could happen with the gospel if we could get it connected to people. The harvest is plentiful. There are plenty of people that are dying to know what hope is, what love is, what freedom is. There are plenty of people that don't know Jesus. But the laborers are few. The laborers are few. There's not enough people who know Jesus making him known. There's too many people that have allowed Jesus just to become this thought that they have or this emotion that they experience and not a lifestyle that they live. And can I tell you something today? This might hurt your feelings, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's cool. If the Jesus you follow doesn't invoke action in your life, you might not actually be following Jesus. You might be following an idol that you've named Jesus. He's not just here to make you feel better. He's not just here to make you feel like you checked a box. He is here to save the world. And you're a part of that mission. You are a part of that mission. And the, the moment that you say yes to Jesus, you're in. Sign me up. Let's roll. And the coolest part is at the end of that. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers. I heard this said, this wasn't my thought, definitely not smart enough to see this, right? But I heard it said by some guy in here, I don't know if he's here, yeah, he might be in here. Uh, yeah. 
The harvest is plentiful, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest. Do you guys see that? Jesus is asking us. This is a prayer request that Jesus is giving to us. He's saying, pray for this. Best part about that prayer request, we're the answer. We're the answer to Jesus' prayer request. I don't know about you or where you're at today or how you sat down in that seat, but I know that when you leave here, your next yes can be to everyday laborship. Your next yes can be to go into the everyday spaces and places in which you exist, a baseball field, a soccer field, a band, the esports thing, which is sick, right? Went down there tonight. Who's the Rocket Leaguer in here? Who, we got some Rocket Leaguers? Where are you at? Bro, you would give me that work. It would be crazy, but I'd like to see you play. So if you're not doing anything this week, I would love to watch you play somebody. Deal? Cool. Dwight said he'd buy his dinner. All right, uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he did, but he bet he would, right? No matter where you are, no matter who you are, in the everyday spaces and places that you find yourself, if you're asking yourself, well, what's my purpose? What are you good at? Oh, you're good at baseball? You're probably just called to be a laborer at the baseball field. Oh, you're, you're, you're really social, or you're in student government, or you're a good leader? Yeah, maybe that's where you need to be a laborer. And we need to stop thinking that the next thing we do is what Jesus has for us. No, it's right where you're at. God is not confined to our ability to make the right decisions. He's big enough to move in the everyday spaces and places in which you already exist. He is. And there's a world dying for people to say, you know what, I'm in. Just as I am. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to reset back to God's will. And I'm going to say yes every single day. No matter what. No matter what. Do you see that? That's passion. That should fire you up. That's the only thing that itches the concussion scratch anymore, right? Sometimes you just want to hit your head against stuff. Yeah? I don't know. Nobody feels me CIU. Right? I don't know how you guys do it. All right? I tried, right? Hey, my wife played college soccer. She's probably watched this. I'm sorry, honey. Um, I don't know what it is for you, but it should fire you up that you are uniquely designed by God for a purpose. That you are not here on accident. That you are here on purpose. And if you say yes to Jesus, whew, whew, can you imagine? Dude, I don't know. Revival in Rocket League? Cool. Beat them. Don't let them win, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Soccer players? In the calf? When you guys go out to eat? When's the last time when you guys went out to eat as a friend group off campus and you sat down and your waitress came up to the table and you said, hey, we're going to pray for our food. Is there any way we can be praying for you today? That's saying yes to Jesus. That's denying ourselves in that moment and saying, you know what, Jesus, you're bigger than whatever conversation we might be having. We want to bring you to the center of this because somebody might not know you. When we go home for Christmas break and everybody knows that we went to a Christian college and then we go home and we try to act like we didn't, right? I don't know if that's you or not. I just felt like I needed to say that. Or you go home and you act like, you know what, man, Jesus changed my life. And I'm going to live it out. When I go home and I see my parents on the basketball court, what does it look like? Spend time. Sit down. God, man, what do you have for me today? What do you have? Where are you going to put me? And what does it look like for me to say yes to that? What does it look like for me to say yes to that? But I love that we don't serve a God that says, do as I say. We serve a God that says, do as I do. If you want to know what it looks like to say yes in the everyday spaces and places, you need to spend time in this book. You need to spend time looking at Jesus. 
because he modeled exactly what it looks like. As he went, he modeled what it looks like. He said, yes. We don't serve a God that says, do as I say. He says, do as I did, right? It's not what would Jesus do. It's what did Jesus do, right? It's no longer a question. We have it. We know exactly what it looks like. The question is, will you deny yourself? I think that's what it boils down to for our generation. I've been there, right? I'm only 26. The hardest thing I have to do is deny, is deny myself. That's the hardest decision I have to make every single day, is will I live for Jesus today or will I live for Britain? I don't know if you've been there. I think some of you have. When I'm around that certain friend group, will I deny myself and will I say yes to Jesus? What do you need to say yes to Jesus to today? So we got just a second, just a little bit of time. So I'm going to ask you guys, man, bow your heads. I want to encourage you, put, put stuff underneath your seat. Let's just spend some time undistracted. And we're just going to invite Jesus into the space. And we're going to say, Lord, what's our, what's our yes today? In the everyday spaces and places in which I exist, what are you asking me to say yes to today? Lord, maybe there's a place in our lives that, that we're building on sand, that we've heard your word and we're not applying it. That maybe we're living in the lie that we're actually following you, but we're actually just following ourselves. Lord, will you reveal that to us, whatever that space might be? Lord, we praise you. I thank you that you're a God that showed us what it looks like. That we don't have to wonder. That in the everyday spaces and places in which we exist, we can say yes to you. That there's not a perfect moment. It's right now. We thank you that you showed us what it looks like. So God, if there's anybody in here that needs to say yes to you today, say yes to everyday laborship. I ask that they do so right now. If that's you, if you want to say, you know what, I'm saying yes to being an everyday laborer. I just want you to stand up. No matter the place, no matter the cost, I'm denying myself and I'm saying yes to Jesus right where I'm at. When it's uncomfortable, when it's unpopular, when everybody's looking, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Praise God. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. And we just ask your kingdom come, your will be done. At CIU, in Columbia, South Carolina, and to the ends of the earth. God, your servants are listening. Give us conviction. Give us eyes and ears to see where you're calling us to. And Lord, make us okay with what you've asked us to do. In those moments where we don't want to say yes, Lord, put conviction in our hearts, Lord, that to the marrow of our bones, we know that we know that we know that the only thing we can do is say yes to you today. So we thank you, Lord. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray that today be the day that they come to know you. That they know it's not a magic prayer. It's just saying, you know what? I want to live for you now, Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin. I acknowledge that. And I want to trust in you for the redemption of my soul. We're going to trust you with that, God. Yeah. We praise you. <laughs> Thank you. In Jesus' name.
We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.